You are in the Upper Class Podcast. My name is Bryant. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by Abby. Hello. And Katie. Hi, guys. And Tristan. Hello. And we are meeting over Zoom, so we're kind of scattered out all over the area. And uh, so please forgive any weird audio glitches or things that you hear as we're trying to figure out uh, the best way to record these things. So far, Zoom's been working good, but it's given us a bit of trouble today. A little behind the scenes there. We're, we're having having some tef- technical difficulties. So we're going to try to keep our heads on our shoulders in this podcast. But if you hear someone just start freaking out and throw their computer across the room, then you know you know why. It's- <laughs> yeah. This is the Upper Class Podcast. Abby, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, guys. I'm Abby. Um, I've been going to Calvary Mac since I was born. So I definitely am invested in the church. Uh, I am on the worship team for Calvary Mac, and I'm a junior at Mac High. Great. Katie, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, guys. Like Bryant said, I'm Katie. I was on the first episode of the podcast. Um, I'm a junior at Mac High, and I've been going to the church for over a year now. Great. And Tristan? Hi, guys. My name is Tristan. I was on the first two podcasts, and um, I'm a junior in high school, and uh, I am going to the youth group, uh, the CMUC, as we like to call it, and I sometimes lead worship for that. So are you also a junior, though, like someone else in your family's named Tristan? So you're Tristan Jr.? No, I'm not like the VeggieTales guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sweet. Well, uh, we are doing a podcast because coronavirus has shut down almost all in-person ministry. So that means that we can't meet in our big group on Sunday nights anymore, but we can still meet on Sunday nights by all listening to this podcast together and then talking about the questions at the end. So after you listen to this podcast, call up a friend, even if you listen to it in the middle of the week, call up a friend and talk about these questions together. That way we can stay connected and still meet for youth group in very small groups over the internet. We're slowly expanding our availability, so we're now officially on Stitcher and Spotify. Isn't that awesome, guys? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we're working on getting onto iTunes as well, and uh, that means we'll be on Apple Podcasts as soon as we get accepted. So that's real exciting. We believe that God is teaching everyone through this season that home is your first church. Always remember that uh, even though we can't meet in our big building. We can't meet in giant groups anymore to have church together. We still have church together in our homes. And if you're a parent and you're listening to this, you're the pastor of your kids. You're the pastor of your household. If you live on your own and you're listening to this, then get serious during this time and and be self-sufficient in your faith. My dad is, my parent is literally my pastor. (laughs) Pastor Brian's son. And anyway, we're having a lot of fun doing this podcast. We hope that you guys are having fun listening to it and that you're encouraged and challenged. And we just want everyone to stay connected through the shutdown. All that being said, 
We're a few weeks into the shutdown now. How are you guys doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good overall. I guess the main thing is just not getting bored. I find most of the time I'm, I'm either in my backyard or in my room right now. Well, that's good. Yeah. At least yeah. something, right? That is true. How's uh, Abby and Katie doing? We're doing good. Uh, I've been, or at least I am, I have been playing a lot around on my instruments at home, making some music, so... It's not totally like dead silent in my house all the time. You were sharing something before the podcast started about something really cool that you're doing. We yeah, are- yeah. It's basically just been like a de-stressor for me lately. I've been uh, like making up my own like worship music with uh, like the Psalms and stuff and just playing around with that. It's a lot easier when you're home alone and nobody is really caring to listen to you or something. They're not like listening to you like mess up or play around on it so it's been pretty stress relieving well that is awesome abby i'm I'm honestly just so encouraged to hear you say that you've been doing that katie mm-hmm. what what have you been doing i have been just trying to keep busy mostly things like baking i've learned i can bake bread actually really well okay and stuff like sewing or embroidery I've been doing that. Just trying to pick up new hobbies it is kind of boring. I mean, obviously we're staying home. Yeah, just staying connected with friends too. That's definitely important for me. <laughs> so I'm not like also, sad. <laughs> also, Katie, we made a Instagram for our clothes. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah. wait. Did you say for your clothes? Yes. yes. We've been selling our clothes. Okay, we'll give you a, like a really quick run through. We want to save up money to go to Passion, the Passion Conference, okay. together. And so we need to raise money so we can get there. And we thought a way to start uh, making money is by selling some of our old clothes. So we made an Instagram and we post uh, articles of clothing that we don't want. And then people can message us if they want it and then we'll ship it to them or we'll find a way to trade off. We've been doing pretty well so far. Tristan, what have you been doing? Honestly, mainly I've been trying to get better at Akisak because I really want to over the summer school some of my friends at it. I mean, I'm probably not going to, but... You just wait for the bike trip, man. Yeah, man. You got to just show up and school everyone. <laughs> You're right. That's my plan. <laughs> Hacky sack is yeah. hard. It does We've been getting practice. better at it, though. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. <laughs> I find that it gets easier if you just, like, do it a lot. But I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, uh, isn't mm-hmm. that true with everything? <laughs> I suppose. Well, that's awesome, man. I love hacky sack myself. I uh, got a few got a few sacks at home. Glad that you're getting some exercise out there. You know, and Katie, I was thinking too, Megan has been doing a lot of the same stuff. She started like baking different types of bread and sewing and knitting and stuff like that. You guys should FaceTime or something together. And- okay. Yeah, totally. It's, it's actually a good way to spend time and it's a lot of fun. So totally. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, moving on to topic number one, coronavirus and addiction. Someone showed me this article on Fox News that confirmed some of the fears that people have been having about this time. There's been a steep increase in relapses for people who are in recovery from drug and alcohol addiction. So there's a couple of things that this article cites as being huge factors as to why that happened. But I was wondering if you guys had any thoughts as to why this could be an extremely hard time for people with addictions. Stress. They're losing their jobs, not making enough money, probably getting annoyed with their family being too close to them all the time yeah i think another big thing is probably just fear in general like Mm -hmm. i was at the grocery store the other day because i had to pick something up for my family 
And I'd just be walking down the aisle and people would just like dive out of the way and stuff. And I just feel like a lot of people are just really afraid in general. And I feel like especially people with those type of problems, that's what they turn to when they're afraid. And as Abby said, stress. Yeah, the the substance is their comfort. I didn't even think about either of those two reasons there. The thing that I was also thinking could be isolation because people, when they're alone and no one's reaching out to them and they're bored, what are they going to do? I, I think that it's true that when people are isolated and alone, you know, it, it just ramps up the difficulty in shaking addictions. Mm-hmm, definitely. Actually, substances like drugs and alcohol. So I, I'm a little bit saddened to hear that news when I heard about all the isolation stuff. I was worried that this would happen, that this would be the case. I know lots of people who this is the reality for their families, like in their parents, that this is just super stressful times. They're not allowed to leave. And so there's a lot of like tension in the house. And so definitely be praying for those families and just people in general. It's sad. Yeah, I think that leads perfectly into the next question I wanted to ask you guys is this article mentioned uh, the strong connection between mental health issues and addictions. And so I wanted to ask, how do you guys think we can help support people with mental health issues right now and people with addictions? Probably just keep in touch. Um, you know, the whole isolation thing, they're feeling so alone and stuff. And especially with people who have like anxiety and depression, being alone is not a good thing. And so let them know that you're there for them and that you're around. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I also think along the lines, like Katie said, prayer is a big thing too. So I kind of tend to believe there's not a more powerful weapon than prayer for people. I love both of those answers. And and going back to, to what Abby was just saying about how, for one, even with quarantine or no quarantine, it's important for us to be reaching out to our friends who are struggling with depression and anxiety and mental health issues and stuff like that. Like that's obviously always an important thing. How much more important is it that we reach out to those people now when they're isolated? How much more of a call should we be feeling to support the people that are, they're just always struggling. As the body of believers, we're supposed to care for one another and love one another and support one another. Right now, we have even more of a need and a reason to be doing that. I definitely agree with that because they say the times that you really need to be out there and helping other people is when it's the hardest. Great. Moving on to topic number two. Uh, I wanted to touch base again on our drive and drop and our pen pals program. You guys remember we've been talking about this for the last few weeks and, and this does kind of blend perfectly with what we were just talking about being the church, helping people, supporting people who are in need. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a drug crisis in America and people are falling back into that as they're in isolation. Well, this is a way for us to reach out to people who are in isolation. Acts 2.45 is talking about how there was thousands of people who had just converted to Christianity. It was the first big faith movement since Jesus had ascended back into heaven. It was right after Pentecost. The Holy Spirit fell on people and uh, they were speaking in tongues and healing and and all these miracles and thousands of people came to know Jesus and believe in the gospel for the first time. Well, because of that, there was a whole bunch of people in Jerusalem who didn't live there. And they were basically, you can almost think of them as nomads. And so the body of Christ came together, sold their belongings to pay for people who were in Jerusalem that didn't want to leave yet. They just wanted more 
of Jesus and they devoted themselves to prayer. That's something that we can be doing now. We don't necessarily yet need to sell our belongings to pay for people. Who knows uh, what this is all going to turn to? Uh, There are people who can't leave their homes because the risk is just too high if they're to get the virus. There are people who are more isolated than they ever have been in their life. And uh, Calvary Mac has provided some opportunities for us to support those people. We have talked about this before. We've got the drive and drop. We've got pen pals. Uh, Just to recap on those real quick, the drive and drop is where we safely and cleanly deliver groceries to people who are at high risk and shouldn't leave their house. The pen pals program is where we're writing letters to people who live in retirement homes or uh, care homes who may feel extremely isolated. So last week we heard about Connor's experience. You guys remember he uh, wasn't able to find the eggs at Safeway? Yeah. And this week uh, we're joined by Abby and she's doing the pen pals program. I wanted her to kind of explain what that was like. Abby? Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. Uh, I texted Jessica Campbell because she's kind of overseeing that whole thing because the emails were kind of confusing to me. Uh, so I texted her and I said, so how do I sign up for this? And she was like, just go to the Facebook account and say, I want to do this and I'll email you the schedule and who you're going to, who you're going to write to. And so I was like, okay, I got the email and I got all like the names on it and stuff. And I got this lady, Polly, and she loves Judge Judy. (laughs) I love Judge Judy. (laughs) So I was like, yes, I have something to talk to her about. And so I... Yeah, I had a fun time doing that. I was like, um, for a while, I just like introduced myself and I haven't gotten a letter back yet because I just sent it like a couple days ago. But yeah, I introduced myself and uh, then I was like, I heard you like Judge Duty. <laughs> I like Judge Duty too. What do you like about it? You know, kind of just trying to engage her in the conversation. It wasn't, my letter wasn't too long because it was just, I, I didn't know what to talk about yet, um, but it was it was really easy to just like open up because like she's probably going to do the same thing. So how long did the whole writing process take you? 20, 25, 30 minutes. It was not long at all. Um, it's super easy to do this thing if you guys want to do it. There's no stress in it at all. Uh, I literally just typed it up in like half an hour and sent her it as an email. And she was like, all right, I'll print it out and uh, give it to the lady. Awesome. That's so cool. When I was looking at the list for people to write letters to, Polly was one of the the ladies that I saw. And it stuck out to me that she liked Judge Judy. So when you said that, Abby, I was like, my girl Polly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited what she uh, says back. I'm a little worried that she's going to write in cursive. That's what I was worried about too. It's all right. (laughs) We don't know how to read in cursive. What? I'm sorry. They literally stopped it like teaching us in like second grade. I'm sure. No, it was third grade. We have one unit of it in in third grade and that's it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as cursive goes. That's what they did for me too. I just had cursive in third grade and yeah, that's what it was for me. What? Guess what? It didn't stick. I've read enough cursive though that I could, if I really tried hard, I could write in cursive, but it wouldn't be perfect. (laughs) I can write my name and that's it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, cursive, it's a little bit extra. Honestly, who who writes in cursive these days? 
Unless you want to confuse somebody. Yeah, you just type it on Google Docs now and you're fine. You know? Change the font <laughs> to yeah, cursive. Yeah. It's just like having an accent. Like I feel like British people speak in cursive. That's a great uh, <laughs> comparison. Uh, There's actually a trend going on right now where people talk in cursive. Can't I, I do it. Can't do it. I can't do it. It's embarrassing. Do it. All right, give me, give me a word. Uh, simplicity. Okay. <laughs> Simplicity. <laughs> wow. Beautiful. Any word you can talk in cursive. That was really bad cursive talking, but there are people who do it really well. Mm. And it's all like that. That's exactly what it sounds like. I think that from now on, we're going to do the intro in cursive. Oh, man. That sounds- I agree. I agree. I think Katie should do it next time. No, no. I just did simplicity so now you it's your guys's turn it, it's not my turn anymore <laughs> you guys look up a tutorial learn how to do it and then next week we'll come back <laughs> okay Did you learn that from tiktok obviously moving on if you want to be the hands and feet of jesus and serve people in their time of need just go to calvarymac.com we've changed the website around and we've got it set up real easy to be able to see Uh, how to get connected and serving these different needs. There's actually a whole bunch of different ways that you can serve from home. So like I said, calvarymac.com or just go to our Instagram and DM us at calvarymacupperclass. That way we can uh, send you in the right direction. Lastly, you can also go on Facebook to the Calvary Mac Women Facebook page and there's a ton of info about the Pen Pals program there. But we look forward to uh, serving with you guys and the body of Christ is moving in this season and there's so much going on. People are serving each other now that we all have more time and there's not much going on. The world's less distracting and I'm just so encouraged about everything that's going on this season. Just a reminder, If you aren't already, make sure to follow us on Instagram to stay updated on what we're doing, to stay connected and be the church through this time. So we're still going to meet at seven on Sunday nights. It just won't be at the church. It's going to be in very small groups where we listen to the podcast together and then talk about the questions at the end over the internet. Right now, we're on a season called Own Your Faith. We want to change the 70% dropout rate of Christians in their early 20s down to zero. I want to be able to call any of my students when they're 25 and hear that they're still involved with the church and still in love with Jesus. And we think that by owning your faith, you're set off better to stay in the faith when you live on your own. Well, enough about the virus, guys. I want to hear some uplifting news. Who's got the uplifting news story for us today? That would be me. All right. Our uplifting news story today is, according to um, it's NBC News, a landlord, he waives April rent for 200 of his tenants because no one's really working right now. I thought that was kind of cool. That's really cool, man. I honestly... I hope that a lot of landlords follow that because there's just so many people that are losing their jobs right now, you know, and not everyone should like take advantage of landlords and, and be mad at them if they don't at least lower rent. But like if a, if you're a landlord listening to this and you know that your tenants lost their job, maybe maybe think about doing that. So a good way to be Jesus to that person. For sure. Because like they're not losing their jobs, you know especially these days, like people need to be in their homes. And so they can make money. Katie, what do you think about that? 
I think that's awesome. People who have these sorts of jobs have the uh, opportunity to do that. So like you said, just an opportunity to be Jesus to them and show them some light and some love and help them out through this kind of dark time. It is super uplifting and encouraging to hear the ways that people are stepping up and helping one one another through this time. It's crazy how despite all of the sadness and darkness that this has brought, there's still so much light that has been brought in through this time too, you know? Yeah, definitely. You definitely still hear a lot of good news stories out there, you know? Just stuff you hear around in general can be pretty good. Yeah, like um, the Valley Commissary here in town, their restaurant closed down. Mm-hmm. and they had a bunch of uh, food and stuff that they couldn't keep there anymore. So they asked people at uh, the church if anyone needed anything, and they dropped off uh, groceries at our house. Mm-hmm. And that was like so I nice of it. them. So now we don't have to go grocery shopping this month, and it's just been a huge blessing to our family, and it's amazing. Stuff like that, people can do it all the time. Yeah, um, we actually know them pretty well, and they're both re- uh, really good people who own the Valley Commissary, or I think work there. I'm not sure, but shout out to the the nameless uh, Christ followers at Valley Commissary that you know found a way to to help people out through a maybe a dark hard time for them. They were still able to um, bring some light out of it. Well, guys, uh, and Tristan, thank you for bringing that news story to us. It's it's just encouraging to hear how people are stepping up and helping each other, and and we don't always need to focus on the bad stuff. We can. We can look at some of the, the lighter things and, and find encouragement in that. Find encouragement in knowing that God's in control. He's on the throne. And uh, whatever's happening right now, God's moving and working and teaching people through it. It's time for the message now. For those of you who joined us last week, we, re- we began our journey through the spiritual disciplines. In the first message, we focused on the first two disciplines that we wanted to cover last week was prayer and meditation. If you missed last week's episode, then stop now and go listen to that so we can all be on the same page and be in the same journey on this all together as we learn how to own our faith. Like I said, this is the Spiritual Disciplines Part 2, and we are going to talk about fasting and study. Just a reminder, the spiritual disciplines are the things that we do to practice our faith in an effort to grow closer to God. The disciplines can be broken up into three categories. Uh, We're on the inward disciplines right now. So that would be fasting, meditation, study, prayer. Then there's the outward disciplines, which includes simplicity, solitude, submission, and service. And last, definitely not least, are the corporate disciplines, which include worship, guidance, and then my very favorite of all the disciplines, celebration. And I can't wait until we get to talk about celebration together because that's one that gets overlooked a lot. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. I wanted to talk today about study and fasting. First, though, Tristan, you've been reading the book Celebration of Discipline. Have you read the sections on fasting and study yet? I have. Wonderful. So what's been your favorite thing about uh, fasting and studying? I think it's just really interesting, especially with these two disciplines, because these are really, um, you have one that's really connecting with God through fasting, but then study shows you how to connect with God, you know, by reading his word and finding out answers through, you know, what the Bible has to say, you know, they're really uh, intertwined. What did you think of Foster's point of view on those two subjects? 
Foster, uh, when talking about fasting, he um, he talks about like why people in the Bible fasted, talks about how and why we should fast and kind of gets specific in some areas. But really the main idea of it is we should fast because you bringing your full attention and focus on God by taking something out of your life, you know, and I really agree with him in saying that, you know, that's good. Oh, yeah. And um, study too. Uh, he, he's basically saying that study of the word implants it in your life and in your actions. And I definitely agree because when you create like repetition by reading things and finding out truths for yourself, then it really implants in your life, you know? I love it, man. That's, that's perfect. And then I wanted to ask a couple more questions. Is Have you had a chance to really uh, practice what you've learned from reading these two sections? I think recently I've done a lot of studying just on my own, because what I find is when you start doing it a lot, you really become intrigued with it and you really just want to do it more. And I think fasting for me, it's more like a situational thing. Like, I mean, I'd love to be fasting a lot, but for me, the times when I'm really focused on God and when I need to fast are like the serious times of my life, you know, but I think I've definitely implemented study a lot into my life. Awesome, man. So uh, would you say that you have sort of fallen in love with the discipline of study? I would, because when you find something in the Bible, you can find all these facts and information, but you'll always want to know more because you'll never be able to answer everything. So that's what's great about it is because you can always continue to study it. There's never enough There's never enough you can find out about it. It becomes like a sweet time of worship to, to seek to understand those things that you're studying. Definitely. Well, Tristan, thank you for... Thank you for that. I wanted to get into talking about fasting now. And the first question I want to answer is, what is fasting? I'll give you the answer right off the bat is fasting is intentionally going without a specific thing or fasting, I should say, is intentionally giving up a specific thing. Most of the time it's food in a disciplined way in order to grow closer to God. The reason why fasting is important is because we live in a loud, bright culture that's obsessed with taking, consumerism. We're constantly bombarded with commercials that are yelling, spend your money here, eat your lunch here. It's just so noisy. It's distracting. We need to clean our minds from certain things every once in a while. And fasting is when you intentionally give something up for a period of time in order to better devote yourself to prayer or devote yourself to God. The next question I want to answer is why should I even fast? Well, you should fast for several reasons. First of all, like I just said, we live in a world of distractions and it's good to unplug every once in a while to realign yourself with God. It's good to fast from your phone, fast from TV, fast from video games, you know, a lot of things like that. Uh, Because when you fast from those things, it's a great way to be reminded to pray as well. Like every time you have the urge to do that thing, whatever you're fasting from, you can pray. That is a great way to look at fasting. I know a lot of people that do it that way, and I 100% agree with that. But you also can't forget that traditionally uh, you would fast from food. So think about it. What happens when someone doesn't eat any food at all? I mean, eventually, if you don't eat, you die because we need food to survive. It's a necessary thing for life, right? So when you 
fast from food, you're doing more than just giving up something so that you can pray when you desire for whatever it is. This is the beautiful thing is you're showing God that you fully rely on him for all sustenance to be sustained. You fully rely on God. You're removing the very thing that you need to survive for a time and and you're surrendering your being to him. What I'm saying is that we rely on many things without even noticing it. We rely on television, computers, phones, you know, whatever it may be for entertainment, and you don't even realize it until it's gone. We rely on food to survive, obviously, because if we don't eat, we'll die. When we give up food for a time to fast, we're fully relying on God to be sustained. I'm not saying that we should never watch shows or movies or anything like that, uh, but we should be able to be still and silent without noise or visual stimulation to occupy our minds. When we fast, we're telling God that he is enough and we don't need anything else other than him to survive. When we fast, it's, it's accomplishing that and also it's cleansing our minds from the noise that society is constantly distracting us with, the, the commercials, the bright lights, the entertainment, the loudness that can so easily distract us and is constantly bombarding us. When we release some of that for a time, we, our minds are cleansed and we're realigned with God. And so that's why you should fast. One, to show God that you rely on him and him alone, and then also to cleanse your mind from the things that are distracting you uh, from him. The last question on fasting that I wanted to answer is how can I fast? Here's what I think is you should begin fasting by deciding what you're going to fast from. I believe that fasting in some, some form should be a regular pattern in your life. Uh, even if it's not that frequent, that's okay, you know, but it can be extremely beneficial for some people to uh, be fasting very frequently. I believe that uh, we should do a food fast anytime we are petitioning in prayer for God to do something big in our lives. After you've decided what you're going to fast from, and sometimes God will tell you what to fast from and for how long, after you've chosen what you're going to fast from, pray a prayer that tells God you know you can fully rely on him for any need in your life. Pray that you are releasing this thing as an act of sacrifice on your part. You're giving it up for a time to have more of God and to remove a distraction to hear him more clearly. So I, I know I kind of see two levels of fasting. I know a lot of people who fast in more of a passive way pretty frequently just to give something up to pray when they're reminded they miss it, like phone or sugar, things like that. And that's, that's great. And I fully encourage people to continue to doing that. But I also believe there's more. And so I don't want people to give up doing that sort of lighter, passive version of fasting. But there's a deeper level of fasting where you take the time to fully devote yourself to God praying deeply for the entire time that you'd be fully reliant on him and him alone. And this usually does take the form of a food fast. So food fast is a little bit more extreme than just giving up your phone because in all reality, what if you give up your phone, you're not going to die. 
But if you give up food, that's a big deal. You need food to live. And like I said before, when you fast food, you're telling God, I only need you to survive. You're my only sustenance and I'm devoted to you, God. And it's a great way to petition for something when, when God, you want God to do something big in your life and you fast, you fully devote yourself to him and, and you tell God, God, I trust you and you alone to sustain me through this time. Do you guys have any more thoughts or questions on fasting? Uh, yeah. Um, I think at our age, uh, just kind of for me, it's pretty hard to fast, especially if you're at school um, and doing stuff. But right now in this time when we're stuck at home is a great time for me. Um, I haven't been fasting, but I have been on a diet for like 10 12 days so far and it's going great but that's just an example of something that you can do like that like fasting right now is probably the perfect time i love it that's such a great point to bring up abby thank you i feel like a lot of people just kind of forget about it. it's probably one of the least practice discipline out there i think because it's probably the hardest one to do because you're giving up a part of your life for a short amount of time to really dive in to prayer you know and i and i know why it's so hard for, i mean it, it is hard but just for some people it's like they feel like they'd rather have food or something than really connect with god and it's just hard you know because people don't like to feel uncomfortable i think you just brought up a really great point and that's comfort so many people are afraid to get out of their comfort zone so whether that means going on a missions trip because they've never done it before they're uncomfortable with the idea and it's scary but you should always be asking god if he's calling you to go on a missions trip. And, and most of the time for short-term missions, you don't even need to ask God. That's obviously something we're called to spread the gospel to the entire world. And you should do it. You need to do it. Fasting is like a micro version of that. We look in scripture and there is this model set out for us to be a people that fasts. And I think you brought up a great thing, Tristan, is people don't like to be uncomfortable. And it's hard to to be able to let yourself be uncomfortable. And that's one thing that, you're, that you are doing when you're fasting is you're saying, God, you're more important to me than my comfort. And I'm willing to be uncomfortable in order to be closer to you. That's such a huge point that I forgot to mention. Thank you, Tristan. I personally, I have never fasted before. And like, I think probably like the last four days, I've heard so much about fasting and like super oddly enough, like I, I never really hear about it or talk about it. So I don't know if it's a call like for me to maybe fast something in my life. But um, yeah, I'm, I definitely think I'll probably be looking into that way more and just praying about it. And I think it'd be good to to fast for a while at least um just grow closer to god especially in this time i feel like i've kind of become distant with the out be without being at the church like the building and so seeing people so i think this is something good for us to do i think we can, should do it with friends also like accountability or whatever it is thank you for your transparency there katie that that's really awesome to hear you say that and you know i fully agree and because that's one way that god speaks to me too Whenever there's a theme in my life that every single like different group of people I know are talking about this thing or I hear about it in a sermon and then I hear about it on the radio for some reason and then my friends start randomly talking about it, I, that's a way that God speaks to me about things. And so I, I totally agree, Katie. You should try, try fasting. 
you know, and, and there's plenty of resources online. If you feel like after listening to this, um, you're still unsure about it. You can reach out to me, talk to anyone you want, reach out to Megan. And if you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to try fasting, but you feel a little bit scared or unsure, then, uh, I encourage you to just step out in faith and try it, give something up. And whenever you want to do that thing, then pray. Or if you are petitioning for something in your life, fast food, even if it's just fasting over one meal or fasting over one day, uh, then you're still showing God that you, you trust him over your need for food. You surrender yourself to him and you rely on him for complete sus- sustenance, to be sustained by God alone and to give yourself to him fully. And so if, if anyone who's listening to this is in Katie's shoes, just step out in faith and try it. And it, it'll be a great experience, at least something that you can learn to and, and develop your fasting life. That's good. I like that. Moving on now to subject number two that I wanted to talk about is study. I love that Foster included this as a discipline in his book because it truly is a discipline. But most people don't see it as such. It's hard to put into words, but there are there are a ton of people who incorrectly operate as if they don't need to study God and that they'll learn all that they need to know about him through just just living life. Well, the truth is that you need both. You can't just have one or the other. And study is an extremely important discipline to practice. Yeah. Um, where you said uh like they uh a lot of people they feel like they don't need to study God's word because they get all of him through a personal revelation. I mean that's great, but I also feel like part of that is people's like personal like laziness because study studying God's word takes effort, you know, you have to use your head, you have to think, you have to read. And uh, we live in a culture that is that tries to do as little work as possible because they just don't want to, you know. People really do need to get into God's word because not only does it help them um, spiritually, it could also help them, you know, just work ethic, you know. You put in the work to really understand something for yourself. Yeah, that's a great point, Tristan. Um, I think there's a lot of excuses that people make to not study God's word. Um, and even maybe like showing up to youth group, I like Wes sent that video. It was really funny, but it was calling out all the excuses people make about not even um, joining on the online group chat for youth group. And, you know, all those excuses were like pathetic and whatnot, but people make them all the time. I make them all the time. You know, humans in general make them all the time. And um, I think that's just an important thing to talk about that um, there's so many excuses that people make, but they can only go so far. Yeah. I mean, it's uncomfortable to hear and it's hard hitting and it's direct and to the point and probably offensive to some people, but it's true. Maybe you should ask yourself if you feel convicted right now that your lack of studying comes from a place of laziness. Thanks for uh, speaking up and sharing that stuff, guys. It's just true. And it's hard hitting. <laughs> for sure. Obviously, the first and foremost place that you should practice this discipline is in Scripture and through Scripture. Study Scripture until you understand it. Uh, and it's okay to not understand something at first. And it's okay. I think it's good like what Tristan mentioned, to put in the work to try to understand something. When you read a verse 
instead of just your eyes glazing over and you thinking, well, I don't know what that means, but I'll keep reading. And then before you know it, you've read an entire chapter and you're just overwhelmed. It's okay and it's good and it's healthy to not understand something and then dive into it and then try to uh, dissect it and, and learn about other people's perspectives. And so that's why uh, I encourage people to use tools like concordances, Bible dictionaries. All these resources are available online. Some of us have never heard the word concordance or Bible dictionary or commentary before. That's okay. Google search them and you'll find exactly what you're looking for. And they're, they're just all these different word studies. So let's say you're reading a verse and you don't understand it. And then you're thinking, well, this doesn't make any sense. You can go to a, to a concordance or a different type of word study and it'll tell you the Greek original language and the definitions of that original language. And then even further, all the different places in scripture that that word was used. A lot of commentaries do this as well. Um, the thing about commentaries is it is a theologian's commentary on the scripture. Does that make sense? That's why it's called commentaries. And so you want to uh, always read multiple commentaries to make sure that you're, you're not just sticking to what you heard one person say. Uh, I, I know I aspire to be this way. I know a pastor who, uh, when he writes messages, he reads out of seven different commentaries just to get all the perspectives and try to see what God is speaking through that scripture, you know, in that moment and, and to be encouraged and inspired through that. So like I said, study scripture until you understand it and use the tools available to you. There's plenty of free con concordances, Bible dictionaries, commentaries, study Bibles. In fact, I'll link a couple of websites in the description of this podcast episode, and then you guys can click on that link and save it as a bookmark on your browser, on your phone, whatever you want to do. That way you have that tool available to you in order to uh, study scripture when you don't understand something. But all of those tools are extremely helpful in equipping you to study scripture. If you uh, don't have one yet, I would also encourage you to get a study Bible. Those are great. Uh, to they, A lot of them are even like Bible plans that you, you buy. It's a physical book that you go through that has, it walks you through what different things mean in scripture. Uh, study Bibles is what that's called. And I encourage you guys to, if you're able to get a hold of one of those, do it. But all these tools are extremely helpful in equipping you to study scripture. Other things that you guys should study, though, outside of scripture, like I said, first and foremost, scripture. You should be reading the Bible daily. Uh, have a hunger to study. Like what Tristan mentioned, he fall, he's fallen in love with studying scripture, with studying God. He's fa he, he just has a thirst for it, a hunger for it. And I want you guys to have that too. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, I want you to to begin to have a thirst to just know God more and to study scripture and to understand the things about God and about your faith and about what you believe. Uh, and so study scripture first, study scripture daily, just read the Bible daily. And that's studying scripture. Reading the Bible is it's simple. It starts off with baby steps easy. And then uh, you can start getting deeper. And as Tristan also mentioned, the repetition, it becomes a habit, a healthy habit that uh, encourages you. But other things that you should also study include 
books, different uh, books by theologians and books about Christian living. There's so many encouraging books that you can read that will just take you to the next level on your faith and encourage you and inspire you. Podcasts are another great way these days if you want to if you you know to study and learn about God if you find the right ones i know that there's several podcasts that i've been listening to lately that have just been so encouraging in my faith uh and then the other way that you can grow to know God better is through people who have been in the faith a long time and also have a fruitful walk with God they can be awesome research resources to uh quote air quotes study just to get to know them and talk with them and develop some sort of a mentoring relationship, which we'll talk about that once we get to the corporate disciplines more. Uh, But I wanted to more focus on just being in a position of learning and seeing yourself as a learner. I've always believed that leaders are learners. I've always believed that the best learners can learn from any person in any situation. Learners are humble. They're willing to listen and hear what people have to say and learn from that and, and be discerning and learning from that, but, but learn from every situation. God teaches us through every situation. So if you leave, lead your life with that mindset, you'll be 10 times more moldable and usable by God than if you don't take a posture of learning in your life. And a posture of learning, you can say that you are a learner all you want, But if you call yourself a learner and you are not reading scripture or reading books to try to learn, then you're not a learner. You just think that you are. You're just calling yourself that and it's not true. So be thirsty to know God more, to learn about God, to hunger for him. Read your Bible, read books. Uh, Leaders are readers. I've also heard that a lot. I I always say leaders are learners or learners are leaders, but... uh, I've also heard a lot, leaders are readers. So my encouragement is be more of a listener than a talker. Study scripture. Study as an act of worship. I'll always take it back to that point. Have a hunger for God. Desire to know him more and to understand him better. Have a desire to see him move through your life. The natural response to that desire is, is to study God and to study God's word to know him more, to know how he interacts with us. The discipline of study is extremely important in your walk with God. So the, the discipline of study is an act of worship. All, of, all the disciplines we've talked about, in, in all reality, it's an act of worship where we're dedicating ourselves to God, but, but study, a lot of people don't see it as that. Study is an act of worship. Do you guys have any thoughts on study? I guess I just want to encourage people just to really get into the word, you know, because it's going to provide every answer to every question you could have, you know, it's in there. You just got to find it. Yeah. Also, um, I just say, don't be intimidated by the Bible, you know, uh, you know, I know it's hard sometimes I read it and I eyes glaze over sometimes. Um, but I think it's really important because to know that because God knows when he was writing this or having people write it for him, he knew that 
in this day and age, like people would probably aren't going to understand a lot of it. So he gave us these resources. He gave us, gave us other people um, to have a conversation about the Bible, you know. And so don't be scared of learning about the word because there's so many different opportunities and there's so many different ways to learn about the word and to actually understand the word. Yeah, Abby, you took a lot of the words right out of my mouth with being like intimidated or not really knowing where to start. But I think there's a lot of people, like if anyone's listening to this podcast, you can reach out to any of us on here and just talk with us. Take it small pieces at a time or ask someone what their favorite book is and pick that up. Like, it doesn't have to be like you have to read the whole Bible front to back. You can in different places, and that's what I think is also really cool about it. Thank you for all that input. So now here are this week's questions. You can find these questions on the Upper Class blog, on Instagram, and also uh, try to get them in the show notes for the descriptions for people to be able to access them easily. But what you're going to do is you're going to – talk about these questions with another friend who's listened to the podcast. That means if you know someone who hasn't listened to the podcast, invite them to listen to it and then talk about these questions with them afterward. Here they are. What is something you would be willing to try fasting from? Do you agree that fasting is beneficial for your walk with God? Why or why not? Do you currently have good study habits? How can you be held accountable to study? Do you feel equipped to study? Where is a good place to start? Find these questions on the Upper Class blog and Instagram. Now it's time for some final thoughts and sign off. So Tristan, do you have any final thoughts? Find stuff to do. If, you're, if you can't find stuff to do, get into the word. That's a great place to start. Great. Awesome. Abby, any final thoughts? Yeah. Um, after you know, experiencing all this quarantine stuff, inspire stuff for about, I don't know, three weeks, three weeks now, I don't know. Um, there's no time here. Uh, I've come to realize that this is just one big opportunity that I think everyone should take. Um, you know, we're at home and we're, it's kind of depressing to not be around other people, but it's, so easy to do stuff like fasting or getting into the word or I don't know maybe even this is an opportunity to get even more acquainted with people using FaceTime and stuff because before you really didn't have the need because you're around so many people but now maybe you're desperate for some I don't know one-to-one contact with people you know so just take this opportunity to better your relationship with God better your relationship with people and Maybe do some self-reflection time. Thank you, Abby. All right, Katie, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'd say just be prayerful. Talk to God, grow a relationship with Him. And then also maybe do something like the, uh, the pen pals or get connected with doing the drop and shop or the, the pickup for the grocery store. I think this is a good opportunity to help people around us. And that'll do it for the Upper Class Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. All right, guys. That's it. Podcast over. Sweet. It's very warm in here. I'm out of here. It's so hot in here, guys. Podcast.